Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to the last Ralph Report of the week because today is Friday. Love me some Friday shows. That means we're about to kick off the weekend. Hell, a long weekend here in the U.S. of A. If you're lucky enough to have Labor Day off on Monday, Hopefully, everybody will have a good time this weekend and go out there and, well, not go out there a lot of time, but stay in there and... Or separate and go out there. Have some fun. I don't know. Do something. Whatever it takes. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are anymore. Just enjoy yourselves. All I know is it is a brand new Ralph Report for a brand new day. Thanks so much for joining us, kids. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Please welcome Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Fine. The audience was... They didn't want me to say anything. They were so excited. They so couldn't wait. happy to see me. They couldn't wait. They couldn't hold back. It was premature <laughs> clapulation. Yo-ho, Eddie. I have that problem. Yo-ho, indeed. Well, we got a show for you today, kids. I'm telling you. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Steve Ashton's on hand, Yay. our UK correspondent. We'll be here with a UK update also. Will be joining us for the Video Vault segment, where we give you some suggestions of movies that perhaps you haven't seen or haven't seen in a while. Something you can maybe watch over the long holiday weekend yeah. if you're celebrating. Nice. The movie year is 1987. Hmm. Three films from 1987. We'll be taking a look at those later on in the show. And I got to say, Eddie Pence didn't shit the bed. Oh, thank you. He picked a pretty, pretty funny movie. I was 50-50 on what you'd think of it. I enjoy that. Oh, okay, good. We'll talk about Eddie's <laughs> choice as well as my own and Steve Ashton. Steve always does a little something from British cinema. He also has picked a good film. I, I got to say, of the three this week, the one that people may have the biggest problem with is mine. Oh. Depending really? on how you feel about this film. Okay. I happen to love it because right. I love the star and the director of this film. But uh, we'll see in a little bit. Uh, what else we got? Entertainment news, of course. We got uh, your phone calls. But before we get to any of that, let me give you the lay of the land in terms of what the schedule looks like for next week. Uh, as I mentioned a couple times, I will be taking a long holiday weekend, uh, not to relax and get drunk, however, <laughs> as much as I would like to You're do. You're unlaboring on Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And you know me, I don't like to take time off for myself just to just to take time off. I'd rather provide you with the show because I know it means a lot to a lot of you and you need something to keep going in these difficult times. So I'm trying to be there, but I got this opportunity to be in this film and I haven't done any acting in a while. So I thought it'd be fun to go off and do this little film and the producers, which happened to be Josh Roush and his wife Liv, who are very kind and uh, longtime friends and co-workers of me, mm -hmm. of, of mine. Um, <laughs> they were kind enough to try to work the schedule around so I would work primarily on weekends. So I'm starting off this weekend uh, shooting for the next uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then I will be back Wednesday with a, a brand yes. new show. So uh, I hope you don't think I'm uh, leaving you in the lurch. I'm just going to be off working someplace else. Got to do what you got to do. Taking a job off to take another job. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. So uh, Wednesday, we'll be back with a brand new show. 
Monday and Tuesday, I thought it'd be fun to go back and take a listen to what was going on on those dates in uh, prior years on the Ralph Report. Interesting to hear. Different world back then. Yes, before uh, for everything. So <laughs> I'll be giving you some greatest hit shows on Monday and Tuesday, and then we'll join you on Wednesday. Now, for the rest of the month, I'm not quite sure yet uh, how that's going to play out. I will be shooting definitely weekends, whether that means an extra Monday here or there, too. I don't know, but I will certainly keep you posted. So there you go. Um, what else we got going on? A lot of people, earlier in the week, I made a joke. We were listening to someone's happy hit, which was Ballroom Blitz by The Sweet. Yes. And they, and I said, after listening to that, I always was tempted to do a cover of that song as character actor Ed Wynn, because that guy in the, in the middle of it there sounds like he's doing a bit of Ed right. Wynn there. So I just mentioned it in passing, and a lot of Garmy members uh, reached out and said, hey, that's a, would you do that? I'd like to hear that. So uh, we're going to kick the show off today. Here it is. Here is Ed Wynn <laughs> singing the classic hit by Sweet Ballroom Blitz. I hope you enjoy it. Are you ready, Steve? Uh-huh. Andy? Yeah. Mick? Okay. All right, fellas. Let's go. Oh, it's been getting so hard living with the things you do to me. Uh -huh. My dreams are getting so strange. I'd like to tell you everything I see. I see a man in the back, as a matter of fact, and his eyes are as red as the sun. And a girl in the corner, let no one ignore her, because she thinks she's the passionate one. Oh, yeah! It was like lightning. Everybody was frightening. And the music was soothing. And they all started grooving. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! And the man in the back let everyone attack, and it turned into a ballroom blitz. And the girl in the corner said, boy, I want to warn you, it'll turn into a ballroom blitz. Ballroom blitz. Oh, a ballroom blitz. Don't you know? Ballroom blitz. A ballroom blitz. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there you go, Edwin. <laughs> Long lost recording of Edwin singing Ballroom Blitz. You might have a one-hit wonder in your hands I, there. I'm thinking, man, I should slap that up on YouTube <laughs> or something. We should uh, probably get that out into the world. I, I'm I'm wondering if we're going to get a spate of requests now where we're going to have... Oh, yeah. We're going to have Winnie Oki or something instead of, instead of Eddie You just started something. I think we may have you started You just started something. something. If that's the case, then so be it. All right. So that's to everyone who asked for that. There you go, kids. Now let's turn our attention to the rest of the Garmy members who called in yesterday looking for facts and ideas and making suggestions and making comments. You can always leave us a message on the Ralph Report hotline. Pretty simple to do. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just got to dial up that phone number, 1-833-HI-RALPH. <laughs> Love it when you reach out. It's so much fun to go through your phone calls. I grab a handful of them. We put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. 
Speaking of taking the time off for the long week, and Josh called in with these nice sentiments. Hey, Ralph. Yo-ho, Eddie. Uh, hey, Ralph. Just uh, wanted to say, uh, this is Josh Two-Star from uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, between uh, Thirsty Thursday and Sex You videos for this week, you have absolutely earned a little extra time off for this uh, upcoming Labor Day. So uh, you, Eddie, the, the whole the whole crew, including the crew, um, you know, kick back, have a cocktail or two, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you, Josh. Uh, well, Eddie doesn't drink, and I'll be working. But other than that, <laughs> we'll take your advice, and we will uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Who's playing but the pan flute behind? I don't know what's going on. What are you listening to there? <laughs> Riding on a Ferris wheel or something? I'm not sure what that music was. Speaking of the videos this week, thanks again to Carl Butel, who put together the uh, Thirsty Thursday video. Yep, the production value, too. Yeah, yeah. it's got an opening now. Yeah. I, I think him and uh, Cooperman got together, yeah. so they're going to use the theme song, and they're, they're really... Uh, off to the races. It's great to have that as a bonus video content for all you two, three, and four-star generals. And then there was the bonus Sex You video content yesterday of me uh, zapping Eddie Pence with a violet wand. A lot of people reacted very positively to that as well. Thank you so much. No one more so than this young lady. I don't think I'm alone when I say this. I think we need more Sex You videos. Oh, Ralph and Eddie, sex play? My goodness, that was that was some good fun. All right, all right. All right, okay. I have revealed enough about myself. Settle, settle. <laughs> We're not going to start using sex toys on each other no. for your entertainment, mm -hmm. madam. No. How dare you? No, no. We're keeping it on the up and up here. Yeah. We're not crossing that line. I mean, I, except for our OnlyFans account for a hundred dollars a month. I mean, there is a price for everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone. Oh, for the right amount of money, Eddie and I, Eddie and I just just bang each other. Oh, yeah. Sixty nine, whatever you need. Whatever you want, just you just, know, for the right kind, for the right coin. Look, my Venmo is Eddie Dash Pence. We're already so whores. Me. We're just <laughs> we're just one small step away from uh, sexualizing the whole the whole nine yards. Folks have been sending their, uh, or calling in rather, with their food failures. I started off by talking about the fact that I ate edamame whole for the first time when mm -hmm. I first tried it. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a gentleman who ate a tamale with the wrapping in it. People are very forthcoming admitting their fails when it comes to trying foods for the first time. Even more forthcoming when it's someone else who did it in their presence, like Lewis here. He couldn't wait to tell this story. Hey, Ralph Lewis from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I started listening back in January. Um, hashtag food failures. On our honeymoon, we got on British Airways uh, first class with uh, my new wife. And um, and as we're flying, they start serving the food and they bring out those little round cheeses that are covered in wax. And so I had told my wife, hey, have you ever tried one? She said, no. So she opens it. And, you know, I had told her that it was a really good uh, cheese. So she opens it and she sticks it all in her mouth, one piece, wax and all. So, um, yeah, she had a, she had a, a mouthful of wax, which is different about what she had later. Bye, Whoa. Ralph. She had the baby bell and she just stuffed the whole thing oh, into her mouth, that wax covering and all. Couldn't have tasted well. No. This is chewier cheese than I expected it to be. Oh, 
Yeah, you got to peel that uh, the wax off. Eric called in with an interesting where did it come from? Hey, Ralph. You know what's always confused the fuck out of me is uh, why do they uh, call nerds eggheads? Like that that insult, I guess, quote unquote, like just never made any sense to me. If you could uh, help me out with that, that would be fucking awesome, man. Uh, oh, by the way, this is uh, Eric One Star. Bye. Thank you, Eric. We've all heard the phrase. Egghead, oh, yeah. That fucking egghead. Yeah. Where did that come from? Why would people having an egghead make them smart? I What's that about? No. Apparently, it started on college campuses where students would refer to their professors as an egghead, and usually they were older and sometimes bald gentlemen. Right. So it made look as if their heads were. I get that. Yeah. Egg shaped and larger, yeah. the, larger than than the average because their brains were so big. Yeah. But it didn't really catch on, and I was blown away by this story. It didn't really catch on in America until 1952, Eddie Pence. Hmm. That's when presidential candidate Richard Nixon, vice presidential candidate, rather, uh, used that phrase to describe Democratic candidate for president Adelaide Stevenson. He called him an egghead because Adelaide Stevenson was bald and also was considered by the Republicans to be an intellectual elite. And so they were mocking his intelligence and the shape and lack of hair on his head by Richard Nixon calling him publicly egghead. Uh. And so it caught on amongst uh, Nixon's followers. And so eventually, Adlai Stevenson, the nickname stuck during the 1952 presidential election. And even his followers were referred to as eggheads. But basically, it was in reference to... um intellectual highbrows, elitists who were out of touch with the common man. So it was a smear that Nixon was using against Adelaide Stevenson in the 1950s. Weird. I've never understood the smearing of intellectualism ever. I, it doesn't I, make any sense. I always was taught to believe that smart was good. Yeah. But uh, they can use it against you yeah, sometimes. And that's what Nixon it was works, doing. It works, man. It works. He called him an egghead and then it stuck from that point on and we still use it today. Uh -huh. So it was actually a political smear. That's where it came wow. from. And we think... You know, here in the nineteen nineteen, here in twenty twenty, rather, that we, you know, we're, we're going through it. It's it's unheard of it's politics, man. It's always been it's, it's always it's always been. been dirty and gross. It's always been there. This is an interesting question, and she has an excellent point. We haven't done one of these lists in a while. Hey, Ralph, Yoho, Eddie. So one thing you guys used to do, and you haven't done in a while, was like a top three list. And one of the things that popped into my head was top three fictional character deaths in movies that you just can't get over. For me, it's Merlin from the second Kingsman movie. I watched it nearly a year ago and I still get choked up when I talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, I was just wondering, do you guys have like a top three list of fictional movie deaths that you just, uh, that still affect you uh, no matter what? Hmm. Anyway, LMB looking forward to the rest of the show. Great list uh, idea. Merlin's death did affect me, too, when I saw that film. That really bothered me. He was very, uh, very brave uh, facing yeah. death, death down, Mark Strong's character in that film. Fictional movie deaths that really rattled me. Well, the one that jumps off uh, right away, off the top of my head, would have to be Mickey, uh, Rocky's trainer in Rocky Three. Rocky Three. yeah. That really affected me when I was watching it. 
what other fictional movie deaths really I mean, got to me? Han Solo got me a little bit in Force Awakens. Yeah. I, I knew mm-hmm. it was coming, but yeah, just to I see it happen. But I think that was like losing a friend for sure. And it's usually the reaction of the characters around those characters yeah. that really affect you. That one bothered me a little bit. Uh, Tony Stark, of course. Tony Stark in Endgame. In Endgame was another big one. That one got me. I'm trying to think who else died in a movie where I really was bothered by it. Uh, Bambi's mother. Oh, yeah. That, but when I was a kid, that, that broke me up. I mean, Dumbo's mother, too. She didn't die, but just that, that whole scene where she's, they're holding through the, through the, fence right 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 through the uh through the, through the bars yeah i think um i think it's oh, green mile what's his face's death when he got electrocuted oh uh michael clark duncan. Yeah, michael clark duncan that one stuck with me for a little bit all good ones yeah but the one really that jumped in mind the minute she asked that question was uh mickey and rocky's uh rocky's crying over mickey's body yeah that was devastating yeah all right yeah, good yeah. question <laughs> Bummer, but good question. <laughs> it's a bummer question, but yes. Yeah, hey, good. we love it when people call in and they melt down and then uh, they wish they could have deleted it. This one made me laugh. Fuck, shit. <laughs> Hung up. <laughs> Couldn't get started. Fuck, shit. It just bailed. One more time. Fuck shit. Yeah. I wish there was a way to delete this. That, that's what he was thinking. <laughs> I mean, he could have just hung up and not said anything. I know. And then you never would have played it. Right. But he dropped the fucking shit. He couldn't help himself. <laughs> Paul called in. He caught something on yesterday's show. I was wondering if anyone else would as well. I caught it in the moment. I realized, well, this is odd. Having to explain to a grown-ass man what a pie is. Explaining oh. the concepts behind pie. That was uh, that was weird for oh, me. Right. And apparently Paul heard it too. Hey, Ralph, Paul, a.k.a. Four Color PJ, four-star general up in Ontario, Canada. Um, I want to hear Drunk Eddie's thoughts on the pie Mm. because you can actually hear Ralph's brain break when Eddie asks if it's in the shape of a pie. Yes. And, yeah, that's just a classic drunk thought. And, yeah, if you listen closely, you can definitely hear something in Ralph's brain just break. Mm-hmm. Love you. Mean it. Bye. It might have been my spirit or my soul more <laughs> than my brain. But, yeah, we are talking about uh, mince pie, mincemeat pie yesterday while referring to Oliver Cromwell and uh, how Christmas was outlawed by him in England. And uh, I just wanted to talk about mince pie. And Eddie, for some reason, had a hard time. It, it was hard to That's express, just... to explain to him sober. What a pie was. Imagine what it sounds like when he's drunk. It's time for Eddie's Drunk Thoughts. I can't see that close up. something a foot from your face. It's gross. Eddie's Drunk Thoughts. I'm fine. Yeah, my teeth are working. (laughs) To this day, the recipe for mince meat pie still involves raisins, dried apples, molasses, Cornstarch, little vinegar, dried onion and excuse me, dried orange and lemon peel, salt, spices, and beef. There's still beef in the pie as well. Does it, does it look like in the shape of a pie? <laughs> like is it round? Like is it like a pie with a crust? Or is it more like a fruitcake looking thing? Well <laughs> let me what? I don't know why why what just, if what what kind of shape do you I'm think trying to it get would a, be if I'm it was to get a, pie? I'm trying to get a visual of it. Does it look like a pie, but it's got it mints in it? 
or is mince it, meat? It's filled with mince right. meat, right? In like That's the shape the of like, like a pie, if you with a pie crust. You know a pie, right? Let's right. Start at the beginning. Okay. You know That's why it's just simple. Let's question. let's say apple pie, apple cherry pie. pie, something like Take that. Take out the apple part. Take out that stuff. Throw and in the mince. Said the filling is mince meat. Okay. Then you get a mince meat pie. But uh, other than that, it's do you all. You put a crust over it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so sure it's just like do. a regular pie. Regular pie with mince meat. In. Mince meat is the filling for the mince. Just all, I just the need the visual. Pie. I'm Man, just. I, I, I want you to have as much information as possible. <laughs> there you go. Pie. It, just, it was a simple question. It really wasn't. You had a lot really of questions about question. pie. I just want to know if it looked like a regular pie. It, it's a, it, that's all I want It's to called know. a pie. What I, other what things called pies don't, don't look like pies? I don't pies. know if it's one of those food terms where people just go, it's a pie, and you're like, okay, well, it doesn't look like a pie. It's round, but it doesn't look... How like many, a pie. How many faux pies have you run across in your I life? Just say if it could have been just a round looking thing and they called it a pie. Right? Like, like blood pudding doesn't look like pudding. Well, not our pudding. Right. But it but looks like, like the original puddings yeah, all looked like that. I'm just that. saying. Yes. It, you, cooking likes to be liberal with their term, terminology. Flaky and shit. You're very suspicious. I'm very suspicious of cooking. And uh, we've also been kicking things off with your happy hit songs that make you really just uh, perk up at the beginning of the show hopefully set you off on your days uh, tapping your toes here's here's bob's hey ralph yo Eddie. it's it's bob here four star from san pedro with a a happy hit suggestion it's uh it's a song i think you ralph could get behind a lot of garmy members and because it's a simple song about getting drunk and feeling all right yes and so if you could for me pretty please Pretty please on the rocks with a twist. Play I Got Loaded by Los Lobos. You got it, Bob. Enjoy your long weekend, LMB. Los Lobos, I Love Me, The Wolves. This song is so much fun. Here it is from their album, Will the Wolf Survive? It is I Got Loaded. Lobos. Mm. Love that band. Thanks so much, Bob, for the suggestion. Thanks to everybody who called in. I appreciate it. You too can be sec secret. Why not? Be secret. <laughs> be secret. But also be featured 
here on the Ralph Report Hotline Garmy on the Line segment. All you got to do is call me. Alrighty, now it's time for us to take a look at folks who passed away on this day throughout history and uh, look at their lives and their legacies in a segment called Hello, Death. Did you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello, Death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, Death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garvin will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. We need a video for that. I know. Sort of, like skeletons dancing yeah, or there's something. There's going to be something tied, like lava lamp looking stuff <laughs> something going somewhere. on in the background. Like a James Bond Yes, opening. with skeletons instead of sexy ladies. <laughs> How about sexy skeletons? Ooh, sexy skeleton ladies. Yeah. How would that work? I don't know. I don't either. Someone make it. Let's take a look at who passed away on this day, September 4th, 1588. Robert Dudley, the English Earl of Leicester, favorite of Elizabeth I. Passed away at the age of 87. Who lives to the age of 87 in the Elizabethan era? Nobody. Her. Her, I That guess. was it. Yeah. He was a favorite of Elizabeth I from her ascension until his death. He was a suitor for her hand. They were very much in love, but they just never got married. He was married first of all at yeah. the time, which was a problem. But then his first wife, Amy Robsart, fell down a flight of stairs and died in 1560. Air quotes fell down? Well, there <laughs> were some questions as to whether he arranged for his wife's death mm, or not. Seems suspicious. He was free to marry the queen at that point. However, the resulting scandal reduced his chances in this respect because the queen couldn't afford to take a consort who would be protected potentially a murderer right so they uh, they never got married mm. sad news mm. on this day in 1960 alfred e green legendary film director died at the age of 71 this guy got into the movies in 1912 wow as an actor first and then he started directing two reelers as they were known back in the silent era in 1917 he worked with all the big silent movie stars mary pickford and wallace reed and many others and then he moved into talkies, and he started working in the 40s and 50s. He directed all the way up until almost his death. So that's quite a run. Wow, good run. 1965, Albert Schweitzer passed away, German-French missionary, who was, well, he was a pretty amazing dude. He was a theologian and a musician and a writer and a philosopher and a doctor. Jesus. Yeah, makes the rest of us look bad. I this can't guy. even do one of those things. You dick. Albert Schweitzer was a dick. <laughs> He passed away in this day in, 19, uh, in 1965 at the age of 90. He received the 1952 Nobel Peace Prize for his philosophy, Reverence for Life. The whole thing was boiled down to this pretty much by Schweitzer himself. Ethics is nothing other than reverence for life. Reverence for life affords me my fundamental principle of morality. 
naming that good consists in maintaining, assisting, and enhancing life, and to destroy, to harm, or to hinder life is evil. He broke it down. That makes sense. Pretty much that simply. So, very impressive. 1975, actor Walter Tetley passed away. He was a, a very successful character actor throughout the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And then he got into voiceover work as well. He was specialty was doing uh, kids' voices. In fact, he was a very famous cartoon kid. He played Sherman of Sherman and Mr. Peabody on the uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle okay. show. He died at the age of 60. Here's a little bit of his work. Hi out there. Sherman here. I'm doing a solo today, and the reason is because poor Mr. Peabody has laid up. How do you feel, Mr. Peabody? Not too well, Sherman. I have a slight case of distemper. Well, don't you worry, Mr. Peabody. I'll take the folks back into history today. You're a dog's best friend, Sherman. <laughs> I always loved that cartoon. <laughs> Sherman and Mr. Peabody. On this day in 1986, Hank Greenberg, American Baseball Hall of Famer, passed away at the age of 75. He was a player for the uh, Detroit Tigers. Primarily, in 1993, Hervé Villechez, French-American actor, of course, from Fantasy Island. He took his own life at the age of 50 on this day. Very sad. He was in uh, Fantasy Island, of course. Yeah. You may remember him as Tattoo from that show. He was also Knick-Knack in uh, Man with the Golden Gun, the mm -hmm. James Bond movie. He was in a movie called The One and Only with Henry Winkler about professional wrestling, if you ever saw that. I don't remember that. I would have thought you would have seen that. Yeah, I would have thought I would have seen that. A comedy starring Henry Winkler where he plays that. a professional wrestler. It's like, oh, it checks all my boxes. It's a very entertaining <laughs> film. He was in a, a ton of things. In fact, <clears throat> trying to remember exactly how many different projects Hervé Villich has starred in. One, one, two, two, three, three mm -hmm. four, mm -hmm. five, six, seven, mm -hmm. eight. Wow. Wow. It's a lot. Starred in 20 different projects. Very active. Very, very active. Very active career. <laughs> in 2001, Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf died. I remember that. He was, of course, a uh, regular on the Howard Stern yeah. show. Passed away on this day in 2001. In 2014, Joan Rivers, American comedian, died at the age of 81 after serious complications from a procedure on her vocal cords. She was getting some throat surgery done. Oh. She was under general anesthetic, and apparently she had a heart attack. Oh, well, 81 years old. Man. I, I don't know if you should be doing elective surgery type stuff in mm, your 80s. Mm, I don't... Um, yeah, I think I think maybe you got to be careful. That's a little you got to be careful with the anesthesia at that age. She had a ton of plastic surgery as right. well, but it just seems like yeah, it seems unless it's unless it's vital. I don't know if it's, it's a good idea to go under anesthesia at that age. I understand her role in uh, comic sort of history in terms of making way for women in yes. comedy. Yes, can't say I ever particularly found her funny. Mm, no, 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 no. Phil Diller was funnier. Very funny. Phil Stiller was very funny. Joan she seemed Rivers, to be the precursor to Joan Rivers to me. Anyway. I agree. I think Phil Phil Stiller opened a lot more doors. Yeah. Um, well, she opened the door, yeah. and then Toadie Fields, and there were other female comedians at the right. time who also did it. But uh, and again, I understand her place, and she inspired a lot of other female comedians. But it just it just never worked yeah, for it me. Wasn't my In uh, twenty eighteen, Bill Daly passed away. American actor and comedian. You may know Bill Daly from his work as uh, Major Roger Healy on I Dream of Jeannie. He was in. Larry Hagman's best friend right. on that show. And then he went on to another best friend role. He played Bob Newhart's best friend yeah. on the show, The Bob Newhart Show. It's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. Not bad being a second banana nope. on a hit show. He died at the age of 91. 
he was best known on the Newhart show for coming in through the door and going, hi, Bob. And he would just walk and everybody would go nuts. And hi, Bob became a cultural phenomenon. Not only when the show was in its first run, but in reruns all over colleges, there was a drinking game called Hi, Bob, where every time someone walked in a scene of the Bob Newhart show and said, Hi, Bob, you had to do a shot. And it became it became a well-known drinking game. Hi, Bob. Here's Bill Daly in an interview talking about the fact that uh, Hi, Bob became an international sensation. Bob sent me that uh, article in Time magazine. It was the time when the colleges, they all, time they come in the door, they say, Hi, Bob. That's my dog's name is Hi, Bob. And my car's license plate says Hi, Bob. We turned a lot of students into drunks. (laughs) And the kids know that one. Boy, they know that Hi, Bob. Yeah, that became quite popular. Did you know it was a catchphrase even at the time? Oh, no, not of course we didn't. You know, everybody comes in the door, hi, Bob, hi, Bob. And I was the big, and I get you get more points when I came in because I always go, hi, Bob. <laughs> hi, Bob. I love that. All right, at this point, we take a look at someone who passed away, and we find a food related to that mm. person, and then we run it past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he would either eat or perhaps stick up his ass or pull out of his ass. <clears throat> and today is no different. The person we talk about today, this was a tough one. This was uh, sad, I remember, when I heard this. Late great Steve Irwin, the crocodile oh, yeah, hunter, yeah. passed away on this day in 2006. He was an Australian naturalist and TV personality with his show, The Crocodile Hunter. Uh, insane, in my opinion, the things that he would do. Yes. Seemingly fearless. He was attacked and killed by a stingray at the age of 44. I didn't know he was that young. Yeah, he was young. He had little kids, too. I know. And now they've grown up to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. They're both uh, naturalists as well. Here's a little Steve Irwin in action. This is from his TV series, The Crocodile Hunter. He is in Australia, which, as you know, is the home of more deadly animals than any other (laughs) continent in the world. The deadliest continent in the world, I believe. And he has a uh, desperately venomous snake, and he's holding it by the tail. He's pulling it back from holding it from running away, stopping it with its tail. And the snake is getting progressively more and more pissed off. (laughs) trying to rear around and uh, bite him and kill him Insane. with his deadly venom. Insane. These snakes seem to know the toxicity of their venom. You can see it swinging around. It's agitated. Neck's starting to puff up. That rapid tongue flicking, it's getting upset. Make no doubt about it. It'll whack its fangs into me at, at any given moment. See how it keeps lining me up? It's getting really, really grumpy. Beautiful snake. No, it's not. It's trying to kill you. Jesus, man. Let the snake go. Let go of the tail of the snake. I mean, doing shit like that, you know you're not long for this world. And he wasn't doing shit like that. But it's crazy. All the crocodiles he wrestled and the snakes he dealt with. He got it underwater with a stingray. It was like a sheer accident. Just happened to pierce him at the right place and get him in the heart. It was terrible. It was tragic. Uh, It was a nightmare. So Steve Irwin is the person we look to today for a food-related moment in Hello, Death. And interestingly enough, and he was often called out on this, he was an avid animal lover, but he never became a vegetarian. And a lot of people like PETA and other vegetarian organizations pressured him and said, why aren't you a vegetarian? And he would always say, look, you know, for biodiversity's sake alone, if you clear an area of wildlife for a soy field or a rice paddy, the only ones that benefit from that are the humans and the insects. The the animals that you're displacing yeah. by growing more crops is as damaging to the uh, the ecosphere yeah. than whatever waste products or whatever that animals might create. He also said that he believed that animals were a natural part of humans' diet and he never felt compelled to change it. Interestingly enough, though, his favorite kind of food 
was Chinese food. Really? Yes. Hmm. Couldn't get enough of it. Loved okay. everything Chinese, especially wontons. He loved pork wontons. If you know what a wonton is, it is a pork filling that is wrapped in a uh, noodle envelope, basically, then sealed shut and steamed, usually eaten with duck sauce or plum sauce, sweet and sour sauce, or hot mustard. There's another great one called the fried wonton that he loved with uh, cream cheese and crab filling inside called a crab rangoon. So today we're talking about pork wontons, just delicious pork wontons. Is that something Eddie Pence would eat or not? There's only one way for us to find out. We pull nope. the handle. It's not fried, right? It's oh, steamed. Oh boy, here we go. I'm just trying to get a clarification. Yes. It's, it's not like the crab ragoon. No, that one is, That's is deep fried. fried. That's fried. This is like the, okay. That's cream cheese and crab wrapped in a, in a, in a wonton, then deep fried. But the steamed pork wonton right. are just sort of like dumplings filled with pork. And it's shaped like a pie. Like a pie pie? Oh, my God. Or a pie. We pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot (laughs) slot machine. If we get a jackpot, that means he's eating it. However, if we get no jackpot, then it's just like that venomous snake biting us right on the dick. Just (laughs) killing us in the worst possible way. That is the bad way to go. Letting us down. Let's pull that handle and see if he's eating pork wonton. It's only one way to find out. Here we go. One wonton. Two wontons. Oh. Snake you, dick. If, snake dick. <laughs> if you said uh, crab rangoon, I would have been all over just that. just got snake dick. It was, it was crab rangoon I've been all over. Is it because they fry it? Is that the difference Yeah, I just you? don't like the steamed wonton. It's so good. It's so doughy yeah, tasting. I don't, I don't like it. that. I don't like it. It's like the thing we talked about before. The What thing? The thing that... What the, you made me eat at a live show. You just said it was like the other thing. It's kind of doughy. Uh what the fuck is it? Not a wonton, but the thing we just talked about. A dumpling? Dumpling. Oh, yeah. A dumpling. Yeah. It's like a condom. Yeah. It's like trying to chew oh, on that's a condom. Right. You said it was a condom. Yeah. It's like chewing on a condom. Yeah, I should have realized. With pork in it. In retrospect. I got to start keeping track of things you won't eat and don't eat so I don't repeat myself. <laughs> I know what they are. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, but if you'd said the crab rangoon, I've been all over this. But the pork is so tender and stuff inside. You it's know, like, it's they, like a little pork sandwich. If they basically. deep fried it, I might eat it. I just don't like the steamed wonton. It's just like bread, basically. Nah, it's so gooey. It's just, it's chewy. It's like literally it's crab. Chewy, you, gooey. You jab pork into a gooey. condom and I'm chewing on it. No. It's, I'm not a big fan. You it's bite a right thing. through it. It's not, you just not, it's you a don't texture keep thing. chewing. It's, it feels like it's uncooked. Oh like I'm eating something that's not quite ready to be eaten. You. That's bit. what it feels like. You're a snake biting my dick mm. once again. That'll sex you video right there. <laughs> and that is Hello Death. Now, so shut up. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, time for us now to take a look at the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, how about this? Batman's got COVID. I saw that. Isn't that crazy? 
First The Rock and now Batman. Production for Warner Brothers film The Batman has been halted due to a positive coronavirus test from a member of its cast and crew was the initial report. And then we found out the inflicted person is star of the film Robert Pattinson. Mm. That sucks. Isn't that crazy? That really sucks. It turns out that, uh, well, of course, no one knows how he got it. But even with all these protocols in place, man... It's, I don't know what they expected to happen. This kind of thing is bound to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, you shut it down, what, for two weeks now and then start back up yeah. when he's clear? That's what they're going to try to do. Yeah, they'll put him in uh, isolation and then they'll retest him. And once he's clear, they'll start it's a It's the world we again. live in until that vac- vaccine's ready to go. Yeah, I guess that's what's going to happen. Uh, Batman, which is set to be released in October of next year, had just resumed shooting in the UK prior to uh, the latest interruption. So... Here we go again. Yeah. I wonder how, how far behind they are on that. Like how much they've shot already. Because they were working for a while. I, I heard they only had about three weeks in the can before oh, really? they shut down. It's not even that yeah. much. Okay, so they've always. I mean, everything you saw in that trailer was pretty much the stuff that they oh, had yeah. shot up to that point. Yeah. Disappointing. As you mentioned, Dwayne The Rock Johnson revealed that he and his entire family are yeah. recovering from coronavirus. Mm. He went on social media to talk about the fact that he and his wife, Lauren, and their daughters, Jasmine and Tiana, all tested positive with COVID. Apparently, the little girls um, had a pretty bad cough, but it wasn't that bad for them. As we've been hearing that a lot about kids sometimes yeah. fare better than adults do. A little do. bit. Some, in some cases, yes. Yeah. Uh, the two of them, however, uh, Rock and his wife, got hit pretty hard, according to what he said. And he sounded bad in the video. You can he hear did. it in his voice. He sounded winded, and he sounded bad. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he's jacked as shit. I mean, he looks huge, but yes. he sounded bad. He's not. He's not swole patrol. Like no, Eddie he's Pence. no swole patrol. But but if it can if it can affect that dude, if Batman and the Rock can get it, right? What, Take it what serious. What chance do we have? Take it serious, people. Come on. And Batman wears a mask all the right. time, and he's still got it's it. It's the wrong part of his face. Oh, though. that's, that's right. The yeah, he should change that mask. <laughs> Speaking of social media, this is dumb. You know, we were just talking about cancel culture yesterday, and yeah. I said some people deserve to be canceled. Yes. This guy doesn't deserve this treatment. Who? Tyler Joseph of 21 Pilots had to apologize for a joke he made on social media. He was being pressured by his fans to use his platforms on social media to reach out about social issues yeah. and to be more political and to speak out more. Mm-hmm. So he posted a, a joke on Tuesday, I guess it was, on Twitter, saying, uh, you guys keep asking me to use my platforms. It feels good to dust these bad boys off. And it was him wearing a pair of platform shoes. <laughs> now, that's just a joke. That's all it is. Yeah, it's a sight gag. It's a sight gag. You said platforms, I'm wearing platform shoes. It's just... You had to apologize for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. He got slammed, Eddie. By Human who? rights aren't a joke. One oh, person twitted, tw- sake, tweeted dude. back. Uh, that's not what we mean. We would like someone like you to speak up to the injustice in this country. Uh, yeah, it went on and on and on. So he had to go on and say that wasn't a comment on human rights no. or Black Lives Matter. It was a sight gag because I was wearing platform shoes. It's a joke, man. And the word is platform, and so they're the same thing. He said, just in case there's any question about it, I support Black Lives Matters. I'm, I'm all about human rights. I mean, he had to go overboard, and, he, and then he apologized. Oh. I'm truly sorry if I hurt anyone, See, he uh, said, regarding his tweet. He's a better man than me because I wouldn't apologize for that. Not for that. Not That's for a that. very different thing than putting out wrong information no. or slamming one group or right. another. If you're making a pun, a visual pun <laughs> on the word platform, 
At what point Look, do people have to be responsible for being able to discern what is a meaningless, harmless yeah. joke and what is something that can actually do yeah. damage? There's terrible shit going on in the world and stuff to be so angry about. So much. But you cannot lose your sense of humor over it. If no. you lose your sense of humor, we're fucked. I would make that joke. That's what scares me because if someone said, well, use your platform, and then I put on a picture of platform shoes. That's absolutely something I would have done. Would then I be uh, held at the wrath of the uh, somebody the would come culture? Out, somebody absolutely would come after you. Somebody. And it's oh, just boy. up to you whether you want to apologize for that or not. I'm exhausted. It's exhausting. Living is exhausting. This will cheer me up, though. Francis Ford Coppola has announced he has restored and get a new cut to the 1990 film Godfather Part 3. Really? It's the it's the Coppola cut. Is it going to make it better, I hope? Oh, stop it. That movie gets such a hard time. It's not that bad. It's, it's not as good as one or two, but very few films are. Right. Across the board. No, I agree. It is not the film that those films were, but at the same time, it's a very serviceable, I mean, it's hard to live up to film. Godfather 2. It's one of the great, that's one of the greatest films of all time. Of course, as is one. Yeah. And so he was, I mean, for, if he had made a third one of equal quality, it would have been astronomically against all odds. Yeah. So it was bound to be a letdown for a lot of people. It wasn't as awful as it got the rap for, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's okay. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. But and I hope, yeah. hopefully this makes it better. I'm looking forward to that. His cut, he said he's, he's, um, it's got a new ending. It's got a new beginning. He's rearranged some scenes. He's made some other alterations and he's really looking forward to releasing it in theaters at the end of the year. And this is just before it goes to home video and streaming oh, services. Around Christmas time when the original one came out. Yeah. So if you want to see Godfather Part 3, the new version with uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you can see it in theaters How come Christmas. he didn't get the Coppola cut the first time around? I don't know. After the success of 1 and 2, you think he would have been able to call a shot? Mm, I, I've met the man, and I had an interview with him, and he told me, even after Godfather 2, he couldn't get films made. Really? He had to start his own production company, Zoetrope Studio, so he could make films because no one would give him money to make any films. He couldn't make them. Even after Godfather 2? Yes. Wow. And eventually that's why he retired and got into the wine business. He said, I just was tired of begging for money and slamming my head against the wall. It just wasn't worth it to me. I lost the passion for it because they wore me down. That sucks, man. So, you know, on the anniversary of the uh, release of this film, 30 years ago now? 1990? Yeah. Wow. The 30th anniversary of Godfather 3. They're letting him take a whack at it before. They're going to make a ton of cash. Absolutely. They will. On uh, home video because Godfather fans will want to see what his version would be a like. A new ending? New beginning? Hell yeah. Yeah. So there we go. And speaking of movies, yesterday the brand new trailer for No Time to Die came out. Daniel Craig's final appearance as James Bond 007. I got to say. I haven't been this excited about a Bond movie in a long time. Yeah. This trailer is amazing. <laughs> it's hitting all the buttons. It's got the old music back. Yeah. And he's driving the Aston Martin DB5. And for, for the first time, in my opinion, in a long time, we have a proper Bond villain in uh, Rami Malek, who plays a character named Safin, who just seems like one of those classic Bond villains. His face is all burnt up and destroyed <laughs> and he's just a yeah. megalomaniac who just wants to cause global destruction yes. that's how i like my twisted villains. damaged human yes yes here's a little bit of the trailer where we get to meet uh, rami malik's bond villain just sounds awesome james bond we both eradicate people 
to make the world a better place. I just want to be a little tidier. Right? He sounds like a Bond villain. Yes, that's very Bond. That's I very just want to Bond. be a little tidier. Mr. Bond, we are very much alike, you and I. We both terminate people. That's what that's what it's been missing is that that villain that takes pleasure in being a villain. And over the top. You need yeah. you don't need realistic villains in no. a Bond movie. You need a memorable lunatic. That is when Bond films are at their yeah. best. Almost every great Bond film was made great by the quality and and capacity of yes. evil that their villain. Well, your hero is only as good as your villain. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, very excited that comes out in November. Maybe, hopefully, who knows? We'll see. I would actually, I think, go to a you would venture out with the mask and the that. gloves. I would, I would glove up, <laughs> put on my hazmat suit, and I would sit my ass in a theater to watch mm. that. It looks really good. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on September fourth: Bubba Knight of Gladys Knight and the Pips. Old cousin Bubba. He's seventy-eight years old today. He's alone. I should have been a pip. Mm. Kyle Mooney from SNL is 36 years old today. Multi-instrumentalist Nea Pekarek from The Lumineers is 34 today. Oh, Ophelia, you've been on my mind, girl, since the flood. Oh, Ophelia, heaven help a fool who falls in love. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, actor who played Freddie Boom Boom Washington in Welcome Back, Cotter. He is 67 years old today. Drummer Martin Chambers of The Pretenders is 69. Always loved his drumming in this particular Pretender song. It's called Precious, and he just drives this song. I think the Pretenders are woefully underrated yeah. as a band. They I were love, popular in the moment, but people don't really talk about that. I love anymore. listening to the Pretenders. Me too. Uh, Candy Alexander from ER and News Radio is 63 today. Actor comedian Damon Wayans of the multi hyphenate Wayans family is 60 today. They're like the barge level, right? Man, so many Wayans is this multi, multi-generational actor, writers, directors. They're just so everywhere. Many, so many. Guitarist Kim Thale from Soundgarden is 60 today. Uh, 
Actor Noah Taylor is 51 today from Game of Thrones. Ioni Sky is 50. Whatever happened to Ioni Sky? I don't know. Remember her and Say Anything? Yes. My God, everybody fell in love with her in that yeah. movie. DJ producer Mark Ronson is 45, probably best known for this big hit he had with Bruno Mars. I'm too hot. Call the police and the firemen. I'm too hot. Make a dragon want to retire, man. I'm too hot. Say my name, you know who I am. I'm too hot. And my band bought that one. Break it down. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Girls hit you, hallelujah. It's a fun tune. Wes Bentley from American Beauty is 42. Max Greenfield from New Girl is 41. Beyonce is 39 years old today. Whitney Cummings, actress and comedian, is 38, and bassist Ronald LaPred from The Commodores is 70. You want to talk bass lines? You want to talk Commodores? Then you got to play this. Took all the power I had not to play that song in its entirety, <laughs> maybe multiple times. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not done with entertainment news just yet. Oh, no. We're going to take a trip across the ocean now to our man in the UK, our UK correspondent. It's time for Steve Ashton and his UK update. Oh, Steve. No, oh, you're the man who makes John Bonham look like Helena Bonham. <laughs> Carter. Carter. Oh, didn't quite work. Anyway, hey, farmer fuck Gordon Ramsay's in the news. <laughs> What's up with Gordy? Gordon Ramsay is allegedly set to bag a multi-million pound deal with TikTok. Hmm. Hmm. The celebrity chef's already a frequent user of the share video sharing app and has amassed a whopping 10 million followers. And now bosses in America are apparently looking to capitalize on his fan base with a big money deal. Now, apparently they want him to make 60 second cooking videos. Hmm. Hmm. A source said uh, they believe Gordon will be a smash with its current younger audience and crucially attract older audiences to the platform. A uh, few thoughts on that. Um, no and no. Uh, <laughs> young people don't give a shit about cooking recipes and especially not Gordon Ancient Ramsay. They'd rather... <laughs> They'd rather watch some teenage idiot dance around and mime along to machine gun fucking Kelly songs, <laughs> ironically and non-ironically. 
But apparently, apparently bosses are trying to diversify and bring a slightly older demographic to the platform because, you know, they spend money on the shit that we inevitably will try and sell them. Uh, so having the world's most famous chef on board is a huge coup for them. They continue to say cooking content can be shared in 60 second clips. Clip. We'll try that again. Cooking content can be shared in 60 second clips. Quick, fun, and uh, clear, cleverly edited clips is what they want from Gordon, apparently. Because they, they know what you know people want there. Sure. Um, he said, uh, they said he's already a big deal on the social networking service thanks to his Gordon Reacts segment, in which he judges people's cooking attempts and disparages the culinary creations of various influencer chefs. Now, amongst the harsh criticism includes uh, Gordon telling one uh, person that his meatball sauce looked like wall paste. It's not a very sick burn at all, is it? I can do better than that. <laughs> uh, where he could also he can be seen berating another by comparing the the man's steak to his granddad's colostomy bag. Hmm. It's food for thought. Maybe not food for thought. Sounds like something you'd have on Munching Mondays, wouldn't it? <laughs> granddad's colostomy bag. <laughs> Maybe that's a suggestion for next week for Eddie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> All they need to do, though, Ralph, is cut out the swearing. This is the joke of the piece, by the way. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All they need to do, Ralph, is cut out the swearing from one of his TV shows, and boom, that's about 60 seconds. Ah! Hey, look, we haven't had any for a while, Ralph. I'm not talking about blowjobs. <laughs> Bad news? Yeah, you're right. Now, the race to replace Daniel Craig has been heating up. And that's very much coming from tabloid newspapers and bookmakers. However, here we go again. But the front runners like Tom Hiddleston, Idris Elba, James Norton, and Highlanders, Sam Hugan, uh, holding on for dear life. A new major competitor has just swooped in a bit like Batman. Oh, Rob Pattinson. Yes. Now, the big news is uh, Christopher Nolan himself is being eyed to take the reins for the next Bond movie. And he uh, he normally likes to work with the same actors again and again. And of course, Patterson stars in Tenant. Tenant? Tenant? Tenant. 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 Whatever. Whatever. Uh, directed by Nolan. So UK bookmakers responded by halving his odds. British bookmakers, let me give them British bookmaker a voice. Right. A British bookmakers said, Christopher Nolan could have a key role in choosing the next 007 if the latest rumours around the director and Bond are to be believed. <laughs> and with a Robert Pattinson clearly in demand, there's every chance that the tennis star will be replacing Daniel Craig <laughs> via another role in, in Bruce Wayne as odds continue to tumble. <laughs> I quite like that voice. I might do that again. Anyway, so Robert, Robert Pattinson is James Bond. What do you think, Ralph? Mm, no. Can I tell you what I think? Absolutely fucking no. He's an American. And I think I'm right in saying it immediately renders him out of the running. Now, don't, um, don't paint me out as being racist. Bond <laughs> has to be British or from the Commonwealth at a push. Yes. So I'm thinking Hemsworth, right? He's an outsider for me. But not a former colony. Like America. I mean, come on, what's next, right? If we go down that route, you know, we'll, we'll have an American actor playing Sherlock Holmes, you know, or uh, an American <laughs> remake of The Italian Job, or, you know, an American remake of The Saints starring Val Kilmer. <laughs> Track record, all of those films were shit. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to have a protest this week, Ralph. I'm painting a large mural on a, a wall where Are a you? lot of, yeah, in an area where a lot of the showbiz elite live. <laughs> Uh, it's going to say no to our pats, and it will be on Corden's outside wall and be rendered in dog excrement. Of course. I want to you know, send a, a strong message to these people. i got to go. I'll talk to you on, on the video vault. All right, buddy. 
And Steve's right. He is joining us in just a minute as we take a look at the film from British cinema that he chose on today's Video Vault. Let's open up that Video Vault. Every Friday, we each pick one of our favorite films from a particular year to give you something to watch over the weekend. If you're looking for something to keep you busy, and I think we got some good choices for this year, 1987, I will start off with a film that I love, directed by Walter Hill. Walter Hill, another guy I think doesn't get his due, one of the great action directors in cinema. He did The Warriors and Hard Times and The Driver and 48 Hours, which I still think is an almost perfect movie top to bottom. He also wrote the screenplay for The Getaway, famous film starring Steve McQueen, directed by Sam Peckinpah. He was influenced a lot by second, uh, by Peckinpah working with him. You can see some of Peckinpah in his work, especially in this film. This film is called Extreme Prejudice. It's mm. from 1987, and it reteams Walter Hill with the star of 48 Hours, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte plays a tough Texas ranger who gets caught up in the middle between a clandestine military operation and his old best friend from high school, played uh, by Powers Booth, who has crossed over the river into Mexico and become a major drug trafficker. So he's got these these uh, government operatives on one side of him. He's got his best friend, who's now a drug dealer, on the other side of him. And he's trying to stay alive, save the woman that he loves, and not get killed in the process. Yeah. It's a great cast. You got Nick Nolte, Powers Booth, as I mentioned. Michael Ironside is the head of the military organization. Maria Conchita Alonso, Rip Torn as his best friend, William Forsyth and Clancy Brown, who Walter Hill liked to use a lot in his films. You ever seen this movie? Yes, I love this movie. So entertaining. Extreme Prejudice. It's sort of a, uh, it's a Western, basically, but yes. it's a modern-day Western set in the uh, present time, which is 1987. In this particular case... Nick Nolte has never been Nick Noltier than he is in this film. <laughs> Powers Booth is always so much yeah, fun. He's to never watch. not great. And he loves being a villain. Yes. Talk about like a Bond villain. He so does Michael Ironside. Yeah, they, I mean, they both do. do. So good. Here's a little scene between Nick Nolte and Powers Booth. As I mentioned, they're uh, longtime friends from high school. Now they find themselves on the opposite sides of the law. And Powers Booth's character is trying to basically bribe his old friend into coming over and working with him. Ah, uh, hell, Jack, I know you're pissed, but this is me and you. We rode the river together. Now, personally, I'd just be tickled pink if we could work out something save us both a world of grief. We ought to work together. You could be a hundred thousand year man right now, and I'm the man that pays. You can buy me cash, hell, you always could. But you can't buy the badge one without the other. Ain't no goddamn good. Well, what in the hell else are we going to do, partner? Shoot each other? If it was me, Cash, I'd haul ass. That's what I'm telling you. You can haul ass, close up your shop, get out while the getting's good. Now, I'm offering you that. This yeah. film, like Peck and Paws, The Wild Bunch, ends with one of the classic gunfights in all of yeah. cinema. It's kind of crazy. So good. Uh, Steve Ashton, as you know, each week picks a little something from uh, UK cinema, and today's no different. Here's Steve with his pick. Well, 1987, Rolf, it was a year that saw a lot of historical retro movies like Wish You Were Here, Hope and Glory, but also the wonderful cult classic with Nail and I, which is one of my favourites. <laughs> yes. 
it's what I nearly went for, but I like to highlight some hidden gems. And this week I've done exactly that. It's got a stellar cast, Gary Oldman, Alfred Molina and Vanessa Redgrave. And it is Prick Up Your Ears. Which sounds like the worst sex act ever. <laughs> Just something you should do on the old sex you. Um, now, the biographical film revolves around the complex codependent relationship between young upcoming playwright Joe Orton and Ken Halliwell, who starts out as one of Orton's rivals and quickly becomes his lover during their years at RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Now, I nearly went there in case I've never mentioned it 14 or 15 times. <laughs> now, the movie masterfully delivers the oppressive and suffocating nature of their forbidden relationship because it happens in the 1960s London where homosexuality was still very much undercover uh, and illegal of, of course um, and the one room apartment that barely contains their relationship. Now it's like watching a play because of the feverish closeness and the cast is small the acting is superb. Now the screenplay was written by national treasure Alan Bennett and directed by Stephen Frears who also directed uh, My Beautiful Laundrette a couple of years previously but went on to direct Dangerous Liaisons, The Grifters, High Fidelity, The Queen and Philomena. It's an historical piece that explores the intensity of a dysfunctional relationship against the backdrop of 1960s swinging London, changing attitudes towards sex and specifically homosexuality, and explores themes of jealousy, growing apart in relationships, ultimately ending in tragedy. It really is a power to force of acting and story. And here's a clip. I knew nothing at all about him the first time you walked in. Hello. 1964. He said, next time, can I bring my friend? Which was quite bold in those days. I'm Joe Orton's friend, as if it's a profession. It's the dark ages, men and men. And they could still put you in prison for it. He's probably a policeman. Yes, I know, isn't he wonderful? <laughs> His second play, Loot, was a smash hit. I love Prick Up Your Ears. It's a great film, so uh, check it out. Good, good pick there, Mr. Ashton. And lastly, our man, Eddie Pence, who, in all honesty, in my opinion, doesn't have a great track record Come on. in this segment. I think I knock it out of the park every Although day. Although people were defending what it was last week. Great Outdoors. Yeah, the Great Outdoors. Oh, my God. Great Outdoors. Good pick this week, however, from John Landis and a few other directors like Joe Dante and Carl Gottlieb and Peter Horton and Robert K. Weiss. Yes. It's a film called... Well, you tell them, Eddie. Uh, Amazon Women on the Moon. Yes. In the in the genre of the you know the Kentucky Fried movie, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a sketch yes. film where 21 different sketches with a ton of big name stars. So much. You talent. can get stars in a film like this because they only need them for a couple yeah, of days. Like you shoot, days a little, shoot a little sketch and then you stitch it all together and you got yourself a yeah. feature film. It's just nonsense and insanity. It is loosely based around the concept of watching television. If you were flipping around a television yes. late at night, you would run across like an old science fiction movie. The title refers to Amazon Women on the Moon. That's one of the sketches yes. in this. There's a bunch of different genres that they poke fun at from commercials to uh, I mean, Joe Pantoliano's in there uh, as a guy who sells rugs for your head, <laughs> but they're literal rugs, not toupees. They're actually rugs. <laughs> David Allen Greer is in a uh, documentary about poor black guys who were born with yes. no soul. Uh, what was the Sherlock Holmes one with the? Uh, was it? Was it? Uh, was it Jack the Ripper Sherlock Holmes? Where it was the dinosaur? Oh, 
Yeah, I can't remember now. It's so funny. Ed Begley Jr. plays the son of the Invisible Man (laughs) in a great sequence that I won't say anything more about so it doesn't spoil it for you. So funny. And one of my favorite segments in this film is an old-time sort of, it's supposed to look like it's from the 1930s, a cautionary film about venereal disease. (laughs) It's done in the same style, if you've ever seen Reefer Madness. Yes. It's done in the style to warn young people off from having sex because of all the bad things that can happen. It stars Carrie Fisher and Paul Bartell, and just the the stylized way they perform it, the way it's shot, it's just a beautiful piece of work. It's called Reckless Youth. Yeah. Here's a little scene from that, from Amazon Women on the Moon. Mary, I've been going over your tests. How did a nice girl, like you, come to contract a social disease? Then my worst fears are confirmed. Oh, the shame of it. (laughs) Now, now. You are unclean. But there's always hope. You are unclean. (laughs) And then he goes on to warn about the dangers of masturbation and just goes on and on and on. It's very entertaining. So Amazon Women on the Moon from 1987. If you're looking for something just goofy and ridiculous. Something you don't got to think about too much. If you're a fan of Airplane and those kind of parody films, I think you'll like this film. Steve Ashton, again, a great pick. Uh, The Life of Joe Orton from Prick Up Your Ears. And if you're looking for action, adventure, and a shoot-em-up, Extreme Prejudice. From Walter Hill starring uh, Nick Nolte. Those are our picks this week. It's time to close up the Video Vault Door. And that's it for this week, kids. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. If you're here in the States and you're celebrating Labor Day, I hope you have a fun, long weekend. Do something for yourself and for the people that you love. Find a way to have yeah. a little bit of joy. Change up the routine a little bit, but be safe. For you folks abroad in uh, the UK and Australia and other places around the world, listen to this show. It's probably just a regular weekend for you, but I want you to have some fun yes. as well. Uh, I'll be off working on that movie, but we'll come back and do a brand new show for you on Wednesday. Meanwhile, keep an eye out for those greatest hits shows and know how much uh, I'll be thinking of you while I'm gone. So take care of yourselves until we talk again. Stay the fuck at home. Make sure you wash your hands real good. Stay good in the hood. And please always remember. Stay swell. Give them hell, buddy. Oh, and I almost forgot. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Flyers for extending their Mm. season one more game, pushing the Islanders to game seven. Thanks so much, boys. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's a lot of fun. Let's do it. Let's take this. It'll make history. It's well, it won't make happening. history, it's but happening. it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, sure, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, no, it's, it's going to happen. Come on. Aloha. We almost got through the whole show. Yes, got to do that do. crap. Ugh. Yeah. Boo. Game seven. Boo. Game seven, baby. All right, kids, that's it for the show. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Until then, please know this. Love you. Mean it. Bye. (laughs) 